Hi, welcome to the Winners Find a Way show and podcast with your host, Trent M. Clark, three-time World Series coach, CEO of Leadershipity, serial entrepreneur, having started 12 companies, coach to the 1%, and an international speaker. This show is going to be your go-to podcast for facing adversity, being inspired, and overcoming obstacles, all from the best in the world, business, sports, and leadership. Hate the crappy ingredients in many beverages and energy drinks? Rebellious Infusions are the go-to functional beverage. They have five or fewer plant-based organic ingredients. No sugar, no calories, loaded with antioxidants to boost your immune system, and L-thionine for brain health. Rebellious Infusions are available at drinkrebellious.com. Rethink your drink. For 10% off of your next purchase, use the code 99999. Hello, it's Trent Clark, and welcome to the Winners on a Way Show. I am thrilled that you are here, and you're going to be thrilled that you are here also because I have got special guests with me, Bob Berg, author of The Go-Giver, Massachusetts native who's gone down to Florida to live the dream. And I am excited, Bob, by having you on, man. This is going to be awesome. You were highly referred to me, and you and I, we don't know each other very well yet. So this is pretty fun that we're going to do a little podcast where we get to know each other a little bit, which would be a little fun. Looking forward to it. Thanks for having me on. Oh, man. Super excited. Bob, tell them first where they can find you. I'm at Berg.com, B-U-R-G. I try to keep things simple. Yeah, that is, that's, that's pretty awesome right there. This is crazy because for people out there tuning in for the Winners Find a Way show first time, you know, we work hard to find one percenters in the world to talk about the challenges of being in business, owning a business. Bob is a world-class speaker and has just given, given, given. He has the Go-Giver community, the Go-Giver Success Alliance. And just so people put this in perspective, the Go-Giver has sold over a million copies and, and is currently rated inside the number 10 most motivational books of all time. Yeah, thank you. I, you know, a lot of that is because of my co-author, John David Mann, who is an absolutely fantastic writer and storyteller. You know, I'm I'm so much more of a just personally a how-to person, right? I'm I'm that boring step one, step two, step three. So I could never have made the book sing like John did. So that's believe me, he's the he's the lead guy right there. Well, I appreciate the the graciousness there, right? It's uh, it's interesting because you go to college. You know, a little, little shout out to North Adams State. All right. <laughs> and you're going to be a broadcaster. And this is what you're thinking. Hey, I'm going to be the next. Who are you thinking? Let's see. Who are some of my favorites? Don Cricky was one. Oh, yeah? Local guy, Gil Santos on WBZ was a fantastic sportscaster back then, you know, growing up in the greater Boston area. Yes. So, uh, yeah, there were there were a lot of them, actually, who were you know, real heroes of mine who I, I just admired. And I was always that annoying guy, you know, that when I was playing baseball, just as a kid, you know, I'd be announcing the game as I was playing it. Yeah. And, you know, but so my I brother had, was like that. I had a brother who's just like, <laughs> like hey, here we are in the seventh. <laughs> Berg makes a tremendous know the score, I guess. You no know, dribbling up to me. <laughs> yeah, as long as my brother Todd was around, we always knew the score, the count. <laughs> you know, he was a play-by-play guy and loved it and thought he was going to be you know, the broadcaster. He's an accountant today. So, well, I'd be, at, um, you know, I'd be at Fenway Park, correctly pronounced Fenway Park. And Pac. I'd be announcing the game too as I was watching. And I'd have my little tape recorder and my friends are, you know, hitting me, stop, stop. You're embarrassing us. But it just, you know, it's just what I did. I loved it. That's awesome. That's so cool. Hey, you go in and, you know, you're known as an author. You're a highly acclaimed speaker. You've been out there a little bit in the market. Obviously, you got a great broadcasting background. What's one thing most people don't know about you? I would say it surprises people when they learn that I'm actually very introverted. 
You know, I would, my, my energy is the result of really being alone. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I speak in front of lots and lots of people and I, and I love that. I enjoy every minute of it, but then I'm, you know, afterwards I'm in my room, you know, room service, reading, working on the computer. I'm not out there, you know, necessarily mingling with people and so forth. That's cool. Like, that's interesting, right? Because people think, oh man, speaker went up on the stage, just gave us just dropping dimes of nuggets, right? <laughs> like, you know, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh man, probably going to be at the lobby bar after. Yeah, like, exactly. really, like, no. <laughs> uh, I, I need to like sleep it off, man. Like it's a lot of, lot of you, you know, you did your give, right? You were the giver. Yeah. And it's not that I don't enjoy meeting the people I do. And I'm actually outgoing in terms of friendly and polite and so forth. And I, I genuinely enjoy meeting people at the events. I just don't enjoy crowds. And so I don't really want to be with everyone before and afterwards and everything. I just love doing the thing itself, getting to meet people. And then boom, I'm I'm gone. For those of you who join the show, on the Winners Find A Way show, we talk about the challenges of being in business, owning businesses, and if you are on your road to being elite, you've got a desire to be that entrepreneur, to be the leader of your organization, to make that top team. You know, I think you come to the right place. These one percenters talk about the challenges of climbing that ladder. And what a lot of folks don't know is it does not come easy. <laughs> there are challenges along the way. And I love the quote, Bob, from the four disciplines of execution. Winners, when shown data that they are losing find a way to win. Talk to me about a time that you were faced in a challenge thinking like, hey, should I keep going? Do I need to do something different? This isn't working. Uh, what's some of the philosophies and maybe that came out of that event, what you learned from maybe maybe a dark time, maybe a challenge? Walk us through that. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm thinking about three years into my speaking career. And before that, I had been in sales. And uh, well, I'm still in sales. You're always in sales, but yeah. I, I had at this point in my own business for for three, almost four years, I guess. And you know, it had gone well at times and not at other times. Of speaking business, like any other business, it takes a while to grow and get your feet out from under under you, and or or I'm not, I don't think I said that right, but firmly entrenched on the ground. And uh, you know, and you you're making some money, but then you're out speaking. You're a one man show, so you don't have time to market and sell yourself. So now you come back and you have no business left. So now you have to do. You know, it's the same thing. And and yeah. there got to a point where, and I'd heard other speakers other speakers talk about this, where there just wasn't enough coming in consistently to meet the expenses, and and they had to get jobs, actual real jobs, right? And then yeah. you know, build up their speaking on a part time basis. I was pretty much at that point. And I yes. didn't want to because I loved the speaking business, loved everything about it other than the traveling. I didn't love that, but I could do it and just part of it. And But I, I, I love the business I was in and I didn't want to have to get another job. And so, I, but I'd gotten to the point where I realized if I didn't land a, something by the end of the day, this Friday afternoon, I was going to have to go through the papers and get another job and build my speaking business part-time. Didn't want to, but would do it, but really didn't want to. Now, going back to when I was in, in sales, not for me, but for another company, I used to have this thing I did. I called it one more call. <laughs> and that is at the end of the day, when all was said and done and the calls were through, whether phone or knocking on office doors or whatever it happened to be, when it was all said and done, I'd make one more call. Right, like one more rep, right? You know, yep. and it was, it, you know, usually nothing happened, but sometimes it did. 
And sometimes it got you an in for something else. You know, you never knew where it was going to lead, but I always made that one more call. So end of the day, Friday, ready to check the Sunday want, you know, want ads and so forth. And I said, well, that's it. That's, you know, there's the dream. It's, it's, you know, being a full-time professional speaker, at least for right now, but I'm going to make one more call now, because that was the agreement I was had with myself. So, so I got out there at, at, at the time, this is before the internet age, this is many years ago. So we had an actual directory that was, that was physical that we held in our hands, National Trade Professional Association directory, as well as a state regional association one, took out the national one. And I said, I'm just going to turn to a page and wherever it lands, I'm just going to make that call. Nothing's going to happen, but I'm going to make that call. And it, it went to the PGA Professional Golfers Association of America, which ironically enough was like one town over from where I live in in Jupiter, Florida. It's in Palm Beach Gardens. It was they've they've since moved, but so I thought, well, there's nothing that a bunch of professional golfers are going to need from me. But that wasn't the deal. The deal was one more call. So I made the call, spoke to a very nice woman who answered the phone, and and we chatted for a second, and and she said, well, you know, the profet we don't in my department we don't work with the professional golfers but we do work with the golf professionals. Now that's totally different. The golf professionals aren't the ones on the tour. These are the people who, who are the golf pros at country clubs, right? Yeah. And she said, we have a continuing education program. And she said, I think what you do sounds like it would be wonderful for that. Would you be interested? Yes. And uh, it, it turned out that over the next three years, I spoke at 41 of their 51, what they call sections instead of states, but that's 51 altogether sections. And, and it kept me in business, right? And it yeah. allowed me to stay in because once I started doing it, I didn't have to prospect, didn't have to for any of those. I mean, they just, they came. It allowed me to do my prospecting for other niches, other companies, other, and so I, that just did it. So it was one more call, right? It was one more call that kept me in business. I love that story because, you know, it speaks to the extra mile, right? Like, you know, I, lo I love Roger Staubach talking about, you know, his famous line was, there's no traffic jams along the extra mile, right? right? He was awesome. Yeah, right? And so, <laughs> you know, I love that. It's just that, hey, I'm going to do a little bit more. Like, I, I know this is my day. It's ended. But here's my agreement with myself. I'm willing to do a little extra. And it's not, hey, I'm standing. You know what? I'm not going to do extra every day. But one day I'll do 10 extra calls. It's every day I'm going to make one more call. And it's a commitment that you made. I love that. I think that's, there's so much value in that because, you know, we, we, we found the same thing in baseball, right? Like, Hey, I'm gonna hit one more bucket of balls, right? Like I should be done. My hands hurt, you know, but I'm at one more bucket of balls. Right. And it, it makes a big difference. And I have found some of the best lessons. I'm also a faithful guy, Bob. So I tell you, in, in some of my challenging times when I've been down, I've been like, hey, I'm going to open the good book. And Lord, why don't you just direct my steps? And invariably, man, all of a sudden there's a message there. And I'm like, oh, man, that's really good, <laughs> right? Like, like it's probably really what I needed to hear right now. And mm -hmm. so here you're thinking, of course, the most unlikely candidate, right? Oh, yeah, PGA, sure. Like, I'm not a scratch golfer. Right. I played, you know, a little yeah, bit. I golf, you know? Yeah, I golfed once. My next door neighbor <laughs> gave me a golf lesson once. Yeah, you're a perfect client for them. I think that's what they want because they don't want you coming down and going, hey, listen, can you work on my, you know, backswing here? And like, yeah. you're and the, the funny guy thing, like, Trent, coming for tips. The funny thing, I, over that three years, I was at, I spoke at some of the best courses you can imagine. Oh, yeah. And they always asked me if I wanted to, you know, stay in, 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 in golf with them. And yeah. Like, oh, 
no, can't do it today. But no, I, I just said, I, I actually admitted I wasn't a golfer. But uh, the, and, and by the way, I live on a golf course and, and don't play. So, by the way, you know, People would die. Like I, I did speak at PPC Sawgrass, right? I spoke there like two years ago and I was like, man, this, this is awesome. And I was one of these, like, uh, I was back to back, you know, really, really cranking. So I got there and they were like, you know, you, we can go play. I, I really don't have time. <laughs> you know, like reluctant, like, huh, yeah, I, I'd like to, but yeah, no chance. And so, man, that, that would have been a huge temptation. See, I would have lost my next two years of business because actually when I was supposed to be done, you know, going out and doing my prospecting, I'd have been out on the golf course with all these courses <laughs> for the extra day I needed I at 41 locations, right? That's funny. So let's pivot here a little bit. Man, one of the things that really stuck out in your book is this this line. And and by the way, you know, for, for people, you, you've written some other books. Endless referrals, right, is, is you know, for anybody who's in a service business, who's talking about your brand like this. And you described it early when you talked about it, the, the, the typical entrepreneur or, or solopreneur runs this pipeline of like, oh, work, 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 work. Oh, go do the work, work, work. No pipeline, no pipe. Work, right. work, work, work. Get the pipe, get the pipe. I got no work. Go do the work, go do the work. And you run this whole gambit of a roller coaster, right? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. part of that sustainability, we'll use that itty word, right? And, and you got some good itties we're going to talk about too, is that sustainability comes in on those endless referrals. So this quote really stuck out to me. The money you make is proportionate to the people you serve. Right. So, yeah, so there's two elements which cover the first two laws from the go-giver. And the first one is the law of value. And this is all about the, the experience you provide to that other person. You know, right now there's the, uh, I'm sure you're familiar with the Savannah Bananas, right? The, yeah, yeah, the baseball the, team, yeah. Yeah, the minor league team who everything about what they do, you know, the baseball game is that's the product, that's the MacGuffin, but that's not what they're selling. Very secondary. It's very secondary. It's this yeah. customer experience they provide yes. so that the amount of money people pay for the tickets is nothing compared to what they feel as a result of being, you know, this is like the restaurant where you go in and it's a, it costs you a pretty penny, but you're treated so wonderfully. Not only is the food fantastic, the presentation, but the, the, the ambiance and the way you're treated and the way you feel like a million bucks, right? It, this, the first law is all about the experience, but the second law, which you're talking about, the law of compensation says your income is determined by how many people you serve. Right. Yes. It's not enough to just serve one person. And so really, and that's why referrals are so important yeah. because this allows us to really leverage our value and expand our reach, greatly increase the number of people we're able to serve. Why? Because with referred prospects, you're going in on borrowed influence, right? With referred prospects, price is also less of an issue. Doesn't mean it's a non-issue, but it's less of an issue. Let's face it. When you sell on low price, you're a commodity. When you sell on high value, you're a resource, right? And what a referral does is it allows that borrowed influence and that borrowed trust, which gets you in the door to also position you as a professional that that person expects that you're going to have probably a higher fee because the value you're providing is going to be so much more. With a referred prospect, it's easier to complete the sale, why? Well, borrowed trust or what we call vicarious experience. So in other words, no, this person has never done business with you themselves, but someone who they 
know, like, and trust has said, this is the person you want to talk to. This is the person who's going to stand behind what they say, whose product or service is fantastic, but they have your best interest at heart, That right? And that's a, a wonderful. And then, of course, with a referred prospect, they're already of the mindset that that's how you do business since that's how they met you. So they're much more likely to refer you to others, assuming that you you ask correctly for the, the referrals or introductions. So, yes, it allows you to touch many, many more people's lives and the number of lives you touch along with the exceptional value you provide, that's what equals your compensation. It's a great formula, right? And it's simple, but there's work behind that, right? Oh, yeah. like, this is Absolutely. not like, oh, I, I've talked to two people, so the network's just booming. <laughs> right? right, exactly. Like, exactly. Well, and I think it comes back to a lot of things that when you're a high value ticket, I am a, I, I preach a price high and justify system, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, also, I also get a lot of, hey, it's not who you know, it's who knows you. And so a lot of people don't always understand that because I heard forever, like I was in baseball. Yeah, well, it's all who you know. And I'm like, hey, man, I know George Steinbrenner. He doesn't know me. <laughs> so like, that's a problem. Now, if Joe Madden, who I coached with a long time, is friends with Mr. Steinbrenner and says, hey, I understand right. you're going to interview this Trent Clark. Here's a guy, 33 years old, been to the World Series three times, won a championship. This is a guy you want to take a hard look at. And then exactly. Mr. Steinbrenner and I have met a couple times. Now I'm coming into the interview and he knows me as a high definite referral from mm -hmm. a high quality person. And he knows me as a hard worker. He knows me as my former success. And he's very well aware of that. Like right. that's a whole different interview, right? And totally, so totally different. we're missing that because people don't understand their reputations on the line all the time. You know, that's Savannah team. You know, I own an NIL company. I want all those athletes to get on my NIL because they can individually, because they're entertainers, right? Mm -hmm. They can really, and they're getting these followings per, and they can get individual agreements and opportunities because it is a cool little, little fun. There. And I'm sure, because I know you're a Red Sox guy, right? And well, I'm, I'm, sure. I'm Mar Marlins now. I, Are you? I'm, I'm a Floridian. Yeah. Okay. I, yeah. All right. Well, I don't want to talk the, about that. The, the Sox right. were nice enough, though. The Sox were nice enough to know that I was firmly entrenched in Florida before they won all their World Series. Oh, yeah. That was before nice that, of them. They, yeah. Know, they made sure like, you left and felt the pain <laughs> for the years, right? Yeah. No, I, think, I think that's what the Lions are going to do when I leave Michigan, right? Like, I'll, I'll <laughs> suffer through all the years. And then the, the Lions will win like three Super Bowls in a row or something. Right. Like, exactly. Phoenix or something. So as I look at that, it's a real, real cool thing. I'm sure the traditionalists in baseball are like, oh, Savannah, this is crazy. But it's funny, man. Mm -hmm. It is a fun thing. And it really brings the value back to, hey, let's have fun. Let's entertain. This is a game. It's cool. It, it is. And it, here's the thing. I mean, I'm and I am a baseball purist. OK, I'm just starting to finally accept the designated hitter. Okay. <laughs> So now, and now everybody's got it. Exactly. Yeah. And so, you know, when the Savannah bananas have different rules and stuff like that, yeah, that probably wouldn't be, you know, but I get what they're doing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And they are, they are entertainer. That is what they are doing. Yeah. And the people who are buying into that and coming to that, that is what they want. Yeah. So, yeah. So, and again, one thing about value, right? Because we always talk about value and, you know, that's a word that really has been so overused in a, in a sense, it's almost lost its meaning and 10 different people can define it 10 different ways. I define value as simply the relative worth or desirability of a thing, of something 
to the end user or beholder. In other words, what is it about this thing, this, this product, service, concept, idea, what have you, that brings so much worth or value to a person that they will willingly exchange their you know, time, money, energy, commitment, you know, what, what have you. But the key is that value is always in the eyes of the beholder. Jesse Cole and, and the Savannah Bananas don't have to have everyone as a fan. Yeah. Okay. But they know who their fans are. And they know who is, and they know that the people who are going to be attracted to this kind of, of game and this kind of experience, I should say, those are their fans. Yeah. Well, one of the things that I, you know, we talk a lot about value, and, you, and I agree with you. I think value is overplayed, right? And one of the things that really stuck to me, you know, is I'm trying to get people involved in organizations and teams to understand value, right? Mm-hmm. I always say, like, we have to ask, like, what's our contribution? Right. What's our contribution to this value? And a lot of people think like, oh, well, I signed on for this deal and yeah, I get paid. And like, yeah, but you need to contribute to the value of the proposition. Right. Like, where is your contribution? Because that's showing everybody your value inside the organization. And one of the things that I love about, you know, you talked about influence. I want to I want to talk about two of these itties that you talk about receptivity and authenticity, which is okay. two big itties, right? Right. And <laughs> we talk a lot about the past, and you know I'm not I'm not a very big I, I like to review the tapes, and I believe in that rearview mirror, that just like teaching my 16 year old to drive, if you can back up six inches and go forward, like do it, right? Because the rearview mirror is a place. It's small. And I know we all got backup cameras now and everything, but it's still small. And you shouldn't spend a lot of time in it. You need to navigate that quickly, assess it, and then get going forward. Mm-hmm. And we describe the fact of if you're always looking back, you know, there's no one driving down the highway 70 miles an hour backwards trying right. to navigate this thing through their rearview mirror because it's a recipe for disaster, yeah. right? We're going to have accidents. Your quote out of the go-giver I really liked better was trying to be successful with making money as your goal is like trying to travel a super highway at 70 miles an hour with your eyes glued to the rear view mirror. Yeah. And it's, it's not that making money is not important. It is. Of course it is. It's that that cannot be the focus if you're going to make a lot of money. (laughs) Right. Because and here's the reason why. And this is why value, again, an overused word, even though it's such an important concept, this is why it is so important. And I say this, you know, and and I got to tell you, I have said this at so many places where I've spoken to to large corporate sales audiences, because I think this is something that they relate to more than anyone. And that's this. Nobody is going to buy from you because you have a quota to meet. Yeah. Okay. They're not going to buy from you because you need the money or that you want to send your kid to private school or a great college. They're not going to buy from you even just because you're a nice person. Yeah. They're going to buy from you because they believe that ultimately they will be better off by doing so than by not doing so. And in a, in the, the basically free market economy in which most of us operate, when I say free market, I simply mean no one's forced to buy from you, to do business with anyone, right? So in this type of economy, the only way someone's going to buy from you is not if you're thinking about yourself and the money. They don't care about that. It's if you care, if, if you're willing to focus on them. That's the front 
window. That's the, okay, that's where you need to be focused on them. This is why John David Mann and I say that money is simply an echo of value. It's the thunder, if you will, to values lightning, which means the value must be your focus. That's the front window, okay? The money you receive is simply a natural result of the value you've provided. So yeah, you're absolutely right. If you if you you go through this with money as your focus, which again, nobody but you cares about, right? Then it's going to be very tough to earn a lot of money. You've got to do it by providing value to the marketplace. When you talk about, you know, and I'm I verify this for me. I believe the five laws: value, influence, receptivity, authenticity, compensation. Is that those are five, yeah. Yeah. So talk to me a little bit about I mean, value, we talked about that, influence. Big, big deal, right? What we create. Receptivity and authenticity. Let's talk about those two itties for a second. Tell me how those play into our lives, into our work capacity, into our organizations. Sure. Well, with authenticity, and and you know, this this law says the most valuable gift you have to offer is yourself. And in this part of the story, Deborah Davenport shared that all the skills in the world, the sales skills, technical skills people skills, as important as they are, and they are all very, very important. They're also all for naught if you don't come at it from your true authentic core. But when you do, when you show up as yourself day after day, week after week, month after month, people feel good about you. They feel comfortable with you. They feel safe with you because they know who they're going to get. And that's a big part of trust. That consistency which comes through authenticity is a very, very major part of trust. You cannot create trust. You cannot sustain trust if you're not consistent. You cannot be consistent if you're not authentic. Now, that said, I think the term authenticity is also one of those that has now taken on so many definitions that it's almost gotten lost. And you you hear these days people talk about authenticity as just, you know, saying and doing whatever you want, having no boundaries. That's authentic. And I disagree. I think half the time it's obnoxious when people do that. But but that aside, I disagree that that's being authentic. This is like the person who says, well, I have anger issues and I yell at people a lot. And if I were to act any differently, that wouldn't be authentic of me. Mm. And that's baloney. It's malarkey. Yeah. It simply means that person has an authentic problem that <laughs> that person needs to authentically work on if, in order to become a, a better, more effective, higher authentic version of, of themselves. I define authenticity very simply, okay? And that is acting congruently with your values. When you do that, you're authentic. Authenticity should never be an excuse to not grow and to not learn, right? To stay where we are. So authenticity is is stepping into your highest self, right? Receptivity says the key to effective giving is to stay open to receiving. And you know, this trend really means nothing more than understanding that, yeah, you breathe out, you also have to breathe in. Yes. It's not one or the other. You breathe out carbon dioxide, you breathe in oxygen, right? You give value, breathe out, right? You give value, you breathe in, you receive value. Giving and receiving are not opposite concepts, even though that is the message. Unfortunately, the world gives us anti-prosperity messages everywhere we look. And it gets into our heads from the time we're little kids and it gets into the unconscious and people really just 
they see prosperity and abundance and business and money as some kind of evil thing. And it's, but again, it's all unconscious. So it's not like they, they're knowingly do that. And that's why they kind of, a lot of times they resist being able to receive. So it's very important to really make a study of prosperity and to really understand why it's, it's very benevolent. It's very, it's fantastic to receive so long as you have provided value. You're not a giver or a receiver. That's a false dilemma. The unnecessary use of the word, or you're a giver and a receiver. But what you know is this, the giving comes first. This is life. These are life's laws. These are universal laws, uh, universal principles. We sow before we reap. We plant before we harvest. We give before we receive. But when we've given immense value to the lives of many, right, placing their interests first, knowing that they're doing things for their reasons, not our reasons, coming at it from our true authentic core, now we've created that benevolent context for our success. And we need to allow ourselves to gratefully receive. Mm, I love that, man. I mean, that is, that's, it, it's, by the way, two big itty words that I don't hear a lot. Receptivity, prosperity. And I, man, I mean, prosperity, that's a four letter word, I think. Like, you know, <laughs> people are like, oh my gosh, you know, you're prospering on me, on my behalf. Like, it's almost like it's offensive, right? Like, I, I know. You sold 4,000 Lexuses this year and, you've got prosperity up the yin yang and that's not fair, Bob. Like, wait a minute, I worked hard. Like, you know, I should apologize because I, I've treated people really well and I've sold them a nice uh, car and I've uh, given uh, them uh, value. Like, exactly. I feel bad. And that's, and that's not the message that the yeah, world around that's, us gives That's us. really good, man. It's something that we have to be okay with. And I think it's getting to know ourselves and understanding value and let's kind of, I, I want to let you go. You've been very generous with your time and, and I'm, I'm thankful, man. I could, I could talk to you oh, all day. I appreciate Bob. So, you having me on. Yeah. Yeah. This is awesome. So you, there's folks out there, like we've been through a pandemic, the economy's now, you know, the political polarization, blah, blah, blah. It just right. feels like challenges are, we're not short on those. Right. right. So, you know, people are seeing that scoreboard in some instances right now. And it's like, man, maybe I got to do another job. Maybe I got to change something. Maybe I'm not winning here. And what would be your best advices to them? Well, I, I think first of all, it's, it's really understanding what it is you do want and what you are willing to do always with the disclaimer, as long as it's legal, ethical, and moral, right? Yeah. Uh, what you're willing to do to make it happen. I mean, this is what you talk about, right? And so, you know, if you want it badly enough, you're going to find a way to make it happen. Now, does it always work out? Well, no, because that's life. And unfortunately, it doesn't always. We can't control a whole lot of things, but yeah. we can control both our attitudes and our actions. Uh, and, and I think that's what we've got to do. So, you know, when we're in that situation where things are just not going as we want it to go, we've got to take stock of the situation. Always look at things in terms of the truth, by the way, to, to paint a rosy bit. Oh, no, things are great right now. That doesn't help us either. Yeah. Okay? Successful yeah. people. So, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. It's the fake book theory, right? Like right. Yeah, everything looks good. Everything's looking good, going yeah. great. And you're like, didn't they just foreclose your house? <laughs> right. Like, Wait a minute. Like, hold yeah, on. Still, you know, aside from that. <laughs> yeah, 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 right? <laughs> so if when you're in that, do you have like a go-to quote, something that just grounds you? Do you have somewhere where, you know, when you're facing those times that are tough, do you have something that can kind of 
put you back on the right path to, to bringing it back up? You know, I'm not sure if it's that other than, you know, my feeling is, you know, eventually, you know, it, it, it's up to God as far as what happens, but we can control our efforts and our yeah. actions and we've got to do that. So, you know, to the degree that we can give it our, our best without attachment to the result, yeah. you know, that's when it's typically going to work the best. But again, that doesn't mean it's easy necessarily to do that. And it, it and I'm not saying, and, and again, it's not supposed to be some, you know, highfalutin, just go out there and do it. No, it's it, life is tough sometimes, a lot of times, and we can only control what we can control. Make one more call. Make one, exactly. Make one more call. There's no guarantee it's going to happen, but it might. I love it, man. That, that's a great quote, man. I might, I might put that up on my wall here, man. Like, you <laughs> just know, one more call. <laughs> yeah. Make one more call. Like I, I'm going to end my day thinking about it. You know, I, I knew you were going to come on the show this week. So I was studying my go-giver and <laughs> and i really like this famous quote by bob berg and his co-author your true worth is determined by how much more you give in value than you take in payment you know for everyone out there listening bob as i'm thinking about you you're this celebrated author you're a very successful person you know you're not being paid to come on my show and so yet you're you're willing to come out and give your value to so many people from your learning. I, I really admire that, man. I have a lot of honor for that, Bob, and grateful, grateful that you would come on and do it. So super excited and thankful for the time, man. Appreciate all you do. And I appreciate our, our good friend, Jeff, who, who connected us with each yeah, other. Jeff Blackman. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah, check that show out too. Jeff Blackman on the Winter's yeah. Find Way yeah. show. You know, all we do is just bring all-stars on the show. So, you know, check him out. And Bob, thank you so much for being here for everybody. Winner's Find a Way show every Friday, 1230 p.m. Eastern, 9.30 a.m. Pacific on the Leadershipity channel, on YouTube, on LinkedIn Live and Facebook Live. And then, of course, check out our podcast on all your podcast stations. So until next time, thank you for joining us. Rebellious Infusions are organic flavored water enhancers. Rebellious provides clean, focused energy in liquid packets. Just tear the corner of the packet and pour 16 ounces of water. Rebellious Infusions have no sugar, no calories, and up to 300 milligrams of antioxidants and loads of L-thionine for brain health. Rethink your drink at drinkrebellious.com. For 10% off of your next purchase, use the code 99999. Do you want to be our next guest? Or do you have inspiring stories to share? Or do you love to inspire, support, and empower thought leaders? Feel free to send Trent a direct message on Instagram or Facebook at Leadershipity.